Welcome to Collective Enrollment, a special four-part podcast series that explores the future of student marketing and recruitment, brought to you by Zimi and Enrollify. Over the next four weeks, you'll get a crash course on what Collective Enrollment is, why it matters for both enrollment and marketing professionals, and how to adopt Collective Enrollment strategies into your enrollment marketing mix. We'll explore what a world without Facebook and the College Board might mean for new student acquisition. We'll hear the founding story of Zimi, and we'll learn from current high school students about how they want to and don't want to be recruited by institutions. This series is brought to you by Zimi. Zimi is the go-to social community for students headed to college. More than 1 million students use Zimi to connect and chat with other prospective students interested in the same colleges and universities. And more than 150 schools use Zimi to establish and facilitate quality relationships with future students as early as their sophomore year in high school. To learn more about Zimi, head on over to colleges.zimi.com and be sure to tell them that your friends over at Enrollify sent you their way. Without further ado, welcome to Collective Enrollment. In episode three of Collective Enrollment, you'll meet Kevin Huang and Maggie Jordan. Kevin and Maggie are both current high school students who have graciously accepted my invitation to chat about their college search experience. We discuss the marketing strategies schools should and shouldn't be using to attract and engage Gen Z, and we dive deep into the role that community and relationships played in their decisions on where to go to college. You can connect with Kevin and Maggie on LinkedIn via the links in the show notes below. All right, Maggie and Kevin, I want you both to walk me through your morning routines. So your alarms go off and then like what happens immediately after Maggie, let's, let's start with you and then we'll hop on over to Kevin. Alrighty. So my alarm goes off and I immediately jump up and hit snooze. (laughs) Um, That's how it kind of works for me. Um, That happens a couple more times. And then eventually I wake up and decide I'm going to go get some coffee. Um, So I, I start making my coffee and somewhere in that, that little process right there, I start making some cereal too. Nice. eat some breakfast. Um, I have cereal every morning. I'm very boring. <laughs> what, is, what is like your favorite cereal? Like what's your go-to? It's called Total. Total. Um, it's just like a mineral stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody makes fun of me for it. It's really good though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I eat my cereal and then I kind of decide what I'm going to do for the day. Um, look at my schedule, kind of what stuff I have going on. If I have classes, if I um, have anything that's due today, you know, just kind of stuff like that. And then it goes from there. Wonderful. Wonderful. And what about you, Kevin? Honestly, I'm kind of the same with Maggie. I would wake up, probably hit snooze a couple of times. I I also have early classes, so I have 8.30s and 9s. So I normally would get out of bed around like 7.30 to 8 and then like like get ready and then start walking in class. It's usually really cold in the morning now, um, but it's getting better. Um, and then normally afterwards, depending on my schedule, I would probably go back to my dorm and then take a nap before <laughs> I go to my next class. Or like take a nap and then go do homework and then go get some lunch with friends. And also like Maggie, I usually will write out my schedule and then also go from there. Wonderful. And um, I'm curious. So are, are, are either of you the kind of people that like will put the alarm? I guess it's probably your phone. But do you ever like put your, your phone or your alarm like away from you so that you have to like get out of bed and like run to it to shut it off? Maggie's saying yes and Kevin's saying no. <laughs> Yeah, I've uh I yeah, don't because I have roommates, so like ah. I would like not 
like to bother them when they're also sleeping. So I keep it close because he, my roommate has later like classes. Okay. So I like to let him sleep in. And then if I have early classes, normally the first sound my alarm makes, I would usually snooze it. So I don't bother him. Well, that's very considerate of you, Kevin. I don't know that uh, I would be as considerate, but I uh, love it. Uh, so talk to us a little bit. Uh, I- I'm excited for this conversation that we're going to have today. And uh, this is the uh, third episode in a series that we are are putting together with our friends over at Zimi. Um, and really, this, this series is all about what we call collective enrollment, which is this, this idea that community-based marketing, this idea of peer-to-peer, true peer-to-peer uh, influence uh, in, in higher education, specifically higher education admissions, goes a long way in a student's decision around if, where, you know, when and where to go to, to go to college. So we wanted to be sure that we were actually talking to students who uh, use Zimi and or have used Zimi as a part of their college search uh, process for this, for this series. So I want to start by just getting to know each of you a little bit more. Kevin, where did you go to school and in what grade are you in? And then we'll punt over to you, Maggie. So I'm from California, but I actually, I'm a freshman in college this year. So I committed to Purdue University and West Lafayette, Indiana. Um, I'm currently a pre-communication major, but I co- I technically changed my major already to media and mass communication. Wonderful. Well, hey, look, you're getting some experience with a, a podcast right now. I hope you uh, have told your professors. Maybe they'll give you a little bit of extra credit or something. <laughs> uh, Maggie, what about you? Where, where are you and then where'd you go to school? Oh, well, okay. So for me, my high school experience was a little interesting. Um, I graduated early from the State College of Florida. So that was last year. Um, I decided to take a gap year just so I could um, kind of figure out what life was all about and who I am really as a person. And Kevin knows all about that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then in August, I'll be starting at Florida Southern College as a business major and computer science. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate you guys giving us a little bit of context into who you are and and where you come from and by the way i think it's so cool that you're doing a gap year maggie as i briefly mentioned to you offline i did the same and you know didn't regret it at all i thought it was a really really cool uh experience i i want to talk with you both about the very first or even if it's not the very first a, a a memorable college or university advertisement that you saw uh, if you if you can remember uh, any of them during your college search process, was was there any school that had an ad, whether it was a an Instagram ad, uh, an ad on uh, you know TikTok, and or even just a billboard you know near your home that that you remember seeing that was particularly memorable? And if so, what was the school and what about the the advertisement was was memorable? We'll we'll start this time with you, Maggie, and then and then go over to you, Kevin. So for me, the very first ad I probably saw was honestly for Yale University, (laughs) Um, just because they're so big. Um, And I thought that was really cool. But the most interesting ad that I remember seeing like towards the beginning of my process um, was, I think it was called Champlain College. Um, And they were running like a a promotion of some kind, you know, where um, they were making, they send you business cards okay, um, with like, you know, like your name and what your major was, um, your prospective major because at this point we weren't in college yet (laughs) Um, but yeah I thought that was really interesting just because it kind of like gave you something just to 
it, well, it gave you something out of it for one, you know, yeah. you kind of really had that physical reminder. Oh, I got this from Champlain college. Um, and then also it was just like a really, um, actually like an interesting thing that we were getting instead of just like, um, a postcard or something, you know, something boring from a college. <laughs> Did you, do you remember keeping, did you keep the business card? Like, or did it eventually? Yes, I do right? have them somewhere in my Okay, room. okay, wow. Memorable swag, uh, uh, enough to keep anyways. What about, what about you, Kevin? What was the first college or, or university advertisement that you remember seeing? I think there were a couple that were memorable to me. Um, I really like digital, like, ads. So, like, video ads that were posted on YouTube. Um, normally, I would hate advertisements, but honestly, the college advertisements were probably the ones that I loved the most huh. because like with COVID, we didn't really have the opportunity to really like fly out to visit schools. So like seeing like a visual, like understanding of like what the college campus looks like, what do the like communities look like? It really demonstrated to me like the either the students there were diverse or like if they were any, if they had any interesting programs, I think that really clicked with me. And the two that I remember most of were probably Iowa State University and Purdue University. So basically they had very descriptive ads about like how their school is oriented, how the campus looks like on a normally day basis without COVID. And I really liked that because like, if I can see myself going to the school, I think that's obviously a great way to market the school to other people. So video ads were, were particularly compelling to you. Um, really, really interesting insights there too, um, uh, around how it was important to, in, in a, in a season where you couldn't visit campus yourself or where it was a lot more challenging to visit campus yourself. And even if you did get onto a campus tour uh, with, with COVID restrictions, it was probably just, you know, not as robust of a tour as it, as it could have been. So it was cool. It, it's, it's neat to hear that schools that really stood out to you were the ones that found a way to bring at least a semblance of that uh to your screen uh via via a video ad so I, I want you both to talk about your your college search experience like were were you guys the kind of kids that you know from freshman year you were thinking about college and university you're like i i'm gonna go here this is what i'm gonna study i i know what i want to be when i grow up or or were you more like uh i don't know i don't know who i am i don't know what i want to do and you didn't really think about college until you're Fresh year, your first semester of, of senior year. How, how would each of you talk about when you started thinking about college and what what your initial search process looked like? Kevin, let's start with you, and then and then Maggie, uh, you can go after him. So I went to a very 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 STEM high school in California. So like they immediately put pressure on us, or we put pressure on each other. Like we're known for our competitiveness. Um, so like college wise, like we were all aware of it, but I'm different. So I like to avoid my problems. <laughs> um, so honestly, for me, when I really started thinking about college it was the summer before my senior year, when you actually think about which schools to apply to. Some schools that stood out to me was my, my parents and I, we really like to look at statistics of schools, especially because I'm a humanities major. So like we want to see like, there were two methods of methods that we really took one we used us news to look at the ranking of the school the tuition wise and two was we looked at some schools with like very stem based so if i applied as humanities there's probably a higher chance for me to get in <laughs> yeah. um as for what major i wanted to do i actually knew what i wanted to do early on but i actually ended up switching to it 
at the very last second, basically. So I initially wanted to start off with like an acting major. So I applied to like NYU, consider applying to AMDA. But at the very last second, like my counselor actually referred to me to communication. And I looked into the programs throughout the schools that I applied to a little bit more. I thought it was more interesting to me as like Maggie would probably know that I'm pretty extroverted at like working with people. I like using creativity to help in my roles, in my positions and organizations. So like honestly, communication wise was probably a better decision for me to go throughout and I can still do acting if I want to. Very, very uh, well planned in terms of, I know that you say that you weren't, you weren't that planned, but it still sounds like there's a lot of intentionality that went into how you approached the, the college search process. As you, as you were Googling, do you, do you remember like what specific search terms you used by any chance? Like, do you remember like Googling like best schools that do X, Y, or Z or best acting schools in like California or like, what were some of the search queries that you conducted? Honestly, some of the ones that you honestly said, because I didn't really know how to go about my college search process because it's a huge decision to make to like decide if you want to go to college or if you want to stay back and like take a gap year. But it's a really big decision. So you really want to be careful with the choices or the schools that you may want to consider to apply to. Like California, like I applied to most of the UCs, like University of California schools, because that's what California schools are known for. Um, And then as for my out-of-state schools, a lot of the schools that I considered applying or I did apply to were good schools known by the students from my high school. Hmm. So a lot of my high school's like friends went to schools that I like decided to apply to because apparently our school has good students that other colleges want so I kind of use that to my advantage um and I also looked at statistics wise to see like where the school's at ranking where the school's at for my major and like specifics um to see if the school will be compatible if I decide to change my major or not Super, super interesting. What about what about you, Maggie? How did you approach the the college search experience? Okay, so my college search experience was a little bit different. Um, <laughs> I started thinking about college probably in seventh grade, um, just because I am that person who's like, oh no, I'm never going to get anywhere in life, so I have to do everything that I can possibly do. Um, to try and do well. Um, so I kind of had this fear motivated um, approach to everything. Um, I started really seriously looking at colleges in junior year. Um, I remember going to um, New College of Florida. Um, I toured Florida Southern actually uh, once and at first I thought I didn't like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and then from there I kind of, I went through several different majors. Um, before I kind of settled on business. Um, Originally, uh, I mentioned that I was in dual enrollment. um, And so when I was going through that, I loved my English classes, like kind of like Kevin, I communications was um, one of the major things that I was really into. Um, So I chose an English major originally. That was where I applied um, during senior year. I applied all like for liberal arts, you know, English major. Um, And then I made a 180, degree turn um, and decided I was going to go into engineering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I applied to Florida Polytechnic on a whim um, after being encouraged by one of my friends who was just like, you should try this. So I, (laughs) I actually ended up going for a tour and loving it there. Um, And then six months later, 
um, I, I got in and I, I loved it. And, um, and then I had a mental breakdown <laughs> because I was like, this is not for me. Um, there's no way that I am an engineering person. It's just not who I am. Hmm. Um, so I had to have this kind of like major reevaluation of who I am and what I want to do. And that was part of the reason why the gap year that I'm taking right now is so important because it really allowed me to find who I am and what I want to do, which is ultimately business. Yeah. Um, wow. So that's kind of what my process looked like. It was, it was very rough. <laughs> no, but that's, uh, you know, I, I think for, for what it's worth, uh, I think, everyone's process is, is so different and more and more and more we're hearing and we're seeing students taking very non-traditional approaches through uh, the college experience, right? Like the number of students that end up transferring or, you know, taking a year off in between and doing something a little bit different and switching majors and, you know, the major that they go in with by the time that they graduate, they're doing something completely different. So it's interesting to kind of see how even even since I was in school, just how much more flexible uh, or maybe it's not even about flexibility per se, but, you know, how much more OK uh, students today are with taking these you know, semi non-conventional path. So thanks for sharing that. And uh, sorry about the, you know, mental breakdown, but sounds like you're, you're doing much better and, and you, you know, a little bit more about what you want to do. So that's, that's great to hear. I, I'd love your thoughts on any, anything that schools did during the college search process that were, uh, that you didn't appreciate, whether it was like, it was weird, or it was annoying, whether people were calling too much or sending you too many pieces of mail, like whether there were too many emails, like, do you remember anything that schools did that was, that was just, you know, annoying or frustrating or, or, or even like cringy? Um, Kevin, let, let's start with you. And, and then Maggie, we can, we can ask, uh, you can answer the question as well. So I got a lot of mail, like a lot. Like I have an entire drawer filled with like different sized mail. And like some of them I still have not touched because like the schools were not appealing to me, I guess. Like I did research on most of the schools that sent me mail, but some of them, like I got so many emails from certain schools and I was like, if I were to apply to your school, this is probably not the way that I would want to get information. Um, and also I applied to the school where I got a lot of information and they used to call me all the time while I was in school, I was doing work. And like, it was just so annoying because I was trying to keep up with my thing and my phone would ring and I'd be like, I can't pick up because like I'm in school or I'm taking an exam and it'd just be like nonstop. Like every day it'd be like once or twice a day. And then to a point where I kind of like low key blocked the number because I was a little annoyed. Um, I was just really like angry because like if you wanted to reach someone, you probably like do figure out different forms of communication, not just by calling. Like I put my email in, I could have just emailed me with information. But also speaking of email, I also got a lot of mail from random schools. Like even after like now I'm in college, I still get email from colleges. Like I finished applying, get the message because like I'm no longer interested in transferring or applying, but it's just nonstop. Like they keep coming and it's just like, why? Because I'm done with the college application process. That was a big process, a long process. I don't want to go back to it. So like, stop sending me a <laughs> mail, please. Uh, one one follow-up question here, Kevin, because 
I, I think if what you said is true, this, this is kind of interesting to, to me as somebody who like geeks out over how schools recruit students, which I know is a weird thing to, to geek out about. But um, you mentioned that after you got some pamphlets or, or uh, uh, brochures or, or postcards in the mail from schools that you actually would go and you do research on the school, like after, like after you receive something in the mail, like what, what percentage do you think of the time when a school sent you something, even if you didn't know much about them, did you at least go and like Google the school's name and, and read a couple things about it? So I probably got mail from like over a hundred schools. So like the ones with good design on the front of the cover really attracted me because I like art, I like creativity. Yeah. And if you can put two and two together to present to a student that like, for me, that clicks my mind. So for me, if they sent me just like a plain white envelope with mail, I probably just threw it away. But if they sent me like, like a hard copy or something with like pictures of what the school looks like, I would probably look more into it because I, in communication, you learn that color appeals to audiences. So that really appealed to me. And sometimes the art, like they would like nicely design each of the sections where they include paragraphs or like sections where they include photos. And like, I just, some of them, I really like the design. So really attracted to me. Do you remember, was there, was there any school that like had a really cool, attractive piece? And then when you Googled them, you were like, this website's terrible or like i i don't like what i you know did, did you ever feel like there was like a a school that looked good in the mail but like really crappy online um or was it like the ones that looked good in the mail typically also had really nice websites there were a couple which i'll say the marketing on the website was not the best i don't <laughs> want to name names because i don't want to get in trouble by any schools but um yeah it was there was this one particular school where it was like really pretty, it was at a pretty decent like level of color complexion on the mail that I received. And I looked on the website, it was just mainly really just the screen was just white. There was no design on the back. There was nothing really popping. Um, There were also like basic pictures. I don't know if they just like took it from the internet or they took it themselves. You couldn't really tell that it was specific for the school itself, yeah. which I didn't really like because like if you're trying to promote a school to students, you would want to see pictures from the school. But if you put like a generic photo, no one can tell if it's from that school or you just took it from the internet. Yeah, yeah. Really, really interesting points. What about you, Maggie? What do you remember about the the way that schools courted you, the way that they tried to, to convince you to come, uh, come enroll there? was annoying or frustrating or or cringy and again if nothing was i I, you know feel free to say no it was all great um but uh but talk to us a little bit about what your experience of how schools marketed to you was like yeah so i had a pretty similar experience uh with kevin um i got a ton of mail like a ton of mail um i currently in my garage still have two big storage bins of mail that i never read because it was really annoying and i just wanted it to stop coming and sometimes i'd get like two or three of the same thing in the mail and i was like for one i didn't even read the first one second of all you don't need to send me three more So that was really irritating um, just because like, especially being a really busy student um, at the time I was in senior year, you know, um, I I didn't really have a lot of time to sort through mail and figure out, you know, oh, this college seems good. Oh, this one doesn't, you know. Um, So what I really appreciated um, when I did get mail was seeing schools that were, um, they'd 
give me some facts that really drew me in. So like, not mm. just, Oh, come to our school period. You know, um, I, I appreciated it when I'd be like, um, I'd get something like, um, okay. Um, here's how many clubs we have on campus yeah. because like as a relationship builder type person, um, I socially, the community is really important to me. That's part of the reason why I chose my college Florida Southern. Um, so when I, when I saw something that like, um, really had the attractive colors and then gave me some good facts and made me have a good sense of who the school was, that was when I actually read it. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd look again at the design, um, just kind of either determine, okay, for example, um, I remember one school, um, had very dark green colors and like dark green is a cool color and all. Um, and I love it, but it just kind of gave me this like, kind of like foreboding feeling like, Oh no, I'm getting pulled to the middle of a forest to get murdered. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, <laughs> that was kind of what I thought of when I read that advertisement. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when I see like some good design that's colorful, um, but isn't too busy, that's mm. another thing. I, when I did get advertisements every so often, they would be, um, overwhelming hmm. um so i i didn't really like that um just give me the facts and then let me decide on my own and don't try and force me into this decision because yeah. um, that was another thing that i got a lot was oh um you know when are you committing to our school and i'm like thanks but um no <laughs> yeah that yeah. usually made me decide not to commit there wow so. yeah that's super interesting so both, both of you are talking about how influential like the design of print pieces were on whether on how you initially perceived a school which is a really interesting uh take and, and insight and not, I, to be candid i don't know that enough people think about that yeah yeah go ahead do you want to say something about that maggie yeah um it's kind of interesting to think about because i think the part of the reason is that we've grown up um well most of us have grown up a lot um you know using platforms like instagram or tiktok you know um we are used to consuming visual content that's presented in a really nice way. Um, you know, like on Instagram, you won't follow somebody that has like really grainy content or, you know, it's just not nice, you know, um, unless, unless you're, you're like, kind of like me, I'm kind of like, you know, special, <laughs> special and weird. Um, my friends sometimes post some really questionable stuff, but, um, you know, generally, um, we really like to consume the more visually appealing things. And so I think that we just kind of got used to having these, um, these nice designs. And so when you give us something that we don't visually like, it's mm. just kind of like you. <laughs> so we automatically kind of go, no. Yeah. Kevin, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah. I think what Maggie said was actually really perfect to like what I want to say, because like we all grew like this generation and all the future generations, we all have grown from digital media. So like Maggie said, we're, we're appealed to Instagram. We're appealed to TikTok. We're appealed to content. That's like appealing or interesting to us. Like that's why we follow the person or like the content creator, but it also um, so two things that I wanted to connect between what you said and all that Maggie said was Maggie mentioned how like we would get like repetitive nails like seeing the same thing over and over again so a lot of the current generation we're all like activists we all like care about the importance of the environment care about trees and just like the idea of sending mail is just too much paper and huh. like 
that like sometimes will lower people's standards of the school because like they don't respect maybe similar values that you might share. But while it's a, like a good tactic to market your school, but like sometimes you have to know when enough is enough. Yeah. Um. So like that's just something that like I thought like some people might have an opinion on if it's, especially if it's like hardcore hard mail. But also additionally, since last year, especially for me, I went virtual like my entire senior year. So we're all like kind of addicted to our laptops and our screens. So the best way, honestly, to market to us was just sending us mail or like having like advertisements or videos posted around so like we can see it, like actual see it yeah. rather than just like read about it. But also um, a lot of the mail that they send us, it's very generic. Like it's like, apply to the school because we want you because da, 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 da. but you don't really know like the type of student you want you're just sending it out because like it's easiest to market to <laughs> yeah maggie go ahead you, you have something else to say here yeah and another thing that i i notice sometimes um when i get like emails or mail um kevin mentioned how sometimes it's like really not personalized and you know it's just kind of like very generic um sometimes i would get mail that was not even to me um, I would get, they'd send me, um, like with my address and everything on it and it's saying Maggie Jordan, but then, um, on the actual like card itself, it'd be like written to Joseph. <laughs> and I was like, whoops, somebody made a mistake here. You know? Um, so I, usually when I got those, I'd like auto block that email just because I was like, man, you can't even put in the effort to like get this right. So, Ooh, you know, oh, this is, yeah. I also have gotten a few and it's just, it's just so, it's just for us, it's like an attack on us or it's like, it's really rude to us yeah. because we had to take the time out of our, our own schedules to do this college application process. And it's specifically if we apply to your school and you send us a card with like the wrong name or the wrong address, like that's an immediately no for us. Like it's immediate regret because yeah. if you can't do your job, like why should we like respect that because like if you can't do your part we can't do our part and then you can't get like another student to apply to your school so it's just like just be careful yeah. when you send out mail please <laughs> oh guys these uh these insights are gold so i i want to transition a little bit here and, and i want to talk about the very first time that you all heard that each of you heard of of zimi uh, do you remember kind of like where you were or how you heard about it? And, and then how would you describe Zimi to somebody working at a college or university that's that's never heard of Zimi? We can start with you, Maggie. All right. So I first heard about Zimi. I was on a college webinar with Rollins College. Um, and I remember thinking, you know, just kind of like, oh, what's this? What's this? I've never heard of this before. Um, you know, it, it, they kind of presented it as like um, a small little community that um, would connect you with other students and also gave you the opportunity to connect with counselors from Rollins College. Um, and so I kind of looked at this and I was like, hmm, that's kind of a cool idea. Um, and I, I remember downloading it and I didn't really use it for a while because <laughs> Rollins College and I didn't really uh, fit that well. But, and I didn't realize really that there were, that they were growing and there were more schools um, being added to the community. So I kind of left it for a little while. And then, um, I saw it come across in my LinkedIn page, um, 
that Zini was growing and like they always send out these new announcements oh so and so just joined our Zini family and I remember I don't remember which college it was but one of the colleges I was really interested in at the time had joined their community and so I was like oh okay I see where this is going this this is growing and this is kind of cool so I got back on it I joined um some of the social Zinis um and then I just kind of all the all like 15 different schools that I was interested in um I I added them and I just kind of kept an eye on it um sometimes I'd interact in the community and sometimes I wouldn't um like what 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 school was it there was one that was super active but I just didn't vibe with the students Mm. and that was a big um a big thing for me because I just I was like if I don't vibe with them here then I'm probably not going to vibe with them on campus and that's a big thing for me so um now I'd probably describe Zini as like hmm it's really cool honestly um so I call it kind of like a the new social media you know um (laughs) for college students like college and high school students to find college um and to really um connect with like-minded students that are interested in the same things and same places as you are. Yeah. Um, because that was, that was a major factor in my decision was the community. And I know it is for a lot of other people as well. So, so you went in and just to, just to thank you for sharing that was so well said, just to kind of summarize a little bit, you get into Zimi and you, what you see like a list of schools and then you say, Hey, I want to join, you know, university X's community. And then you are, you join that community and then you're invited into it's kind of like a chat room with like different, uh, you know, chat threads and you can join different conversations happening in and around that school. But it's all but it's all pertinent to mostly prospective students that are that are also kind of checking out that same school. Is that is that correct? Yes, that's exactly how it is. And, and I really liked being able to connect not only with other prospective students, but also sometimes there are current students on the platform. Hmm. And so that was really useful for me too, being able to connect with somebody, not only that is interested in that school, but actually decided to go there. So I could ask them questions like, Hey, you know, my tour guide said the food here is really good, but what do you as a student who's not being paid for this, what do you actually think of the food? Yeah. You know, <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. Super, super interesting. And were the conversations like, did, did you did, did any of the conversations that you had in these various school communities change your your perception of any of these institutions and if so how oh yeah um one of the schools that I was really looking forward to I won't name names um but there was one that I was really interested in at one point and I was super excited to join their community on Zimi when they joined and then I was majorly disappointed um you know, they just, the students either didn't interact at all with each other. And I was like, oh man, I mean, like, I love nerds, but y'all are a bunch of nerds, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of how that went. And then for Florida Southern, it was a completely different thing. I wasn't really looking at them super seriously until, um, I really saw their community on Zini and I was like, Hey, these students seem really cool. Um, we did a couple of these like online events and I was like, man these are these are my people you know so um between like the like speed swiping event i think we called it it was like a friend make friend making roommate thing um then we did like a lakeland trivia night um and so kind of like those events were really helpful too super super interesting what what about you kevin when when was the first time that you heard about zini and when did you ultimately join and what was kind of your your experience at the platform like I think I joined November of 2020, I think. 
Um, I actually received a text from University of California at Berkeley. I, they were like, you should check out this app. Like, it's a great way to network. Or it's a great way to meet other students, like who want to, who apply to Berkeley. You can talk about like Berkeley life. And so I like jumped at the opportunity, honestly, because I thought like, oh, maybe this can boost my chances to get into the school. <laughs> nope. But um, so I was like, okay, let me just try out the school. Because it was, I think it was the day like, after I applied to all the University of California schools, I was like, let me just try, let me give this app a chance. Like, what can hurt? What can go wrong? So I joined the app and immediately, like, I try to, like, figure out where's where. And I, like, joined all the schools that I applied to or I have currently at that time applied to. And I just stayed up with, like, you can tell that there's, like, 30,000 students in, like, a chat. Um, and there's in the uc berkeley chat specifically there was a representative she talked a lot about like berkeley life she answered obviously there were a lot of questions but she answered as many questions as she could while she checked in on the chat and honestly like that really like drawed my attention because like there's a student representative who goes to berkeley who like was willing to offer a little of her time to answer questions to check in on the berkeley students to relay information that she got while working at like on campus and I really like really appreciated that and like now like even after applying like I still I own the only college chat that I am in right now is Purdue University so like sometimes I'll check in to like answer any questions that like students may have like now I'm doing the job that the girl did and when when I was applying to the wow. school wow yeah so it was it's honestly a really cool experience and additionally like you can also meet a lot of people with similar interests. So we have this, these social channels. So like some of them are like called for the love of art. So people with like art majors or like people who love to do art would love to like be part of the chat. They'll sometimes send pictures of like some of the work that they've done. And the people in these chats are extremely supportive. They're like, wow, like this is amazing. Like sometimes we would offer feedback on like some of the things that they can approve on. But there's also chats like I also, I monitor a lot of chats. Like um, I also monitor sometimes outdoors and you really see like the different like perspectives that students have mm. on the idea of outdoors because some people like I did not grow up from a place where I like fished a lot, but people will talk about fishing. They'll talk about hunting. They'll talk about like sports. And like, it's really cool to see like where people come from or what they've grown upon and realize that like, oh, like people are really, really different and people yeah. have different interests despite being like a specific major. Like they can be an aerospace major and still like love painting or something. It just shows like the variety that students present themselves when they like go on Zini. And like to now, like Maggie and I met like through Zini, like we became moderators around the same time. Honestly, today it's like, I like remember checking back a while ago to see like when I became like a Zini moderator Actually, today is my one-year anniversary. Hey, so, congratulations. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, so honestly, I've been with Zimi with for an entire year. So like the timing-wise, it was perfect. Um, and for me to relay a message to like other people, I honestly like it's life-changing. Maggie and I have done a lot of projects together. We've worked together a lot um, like with Zimi, but also outside of Zimi. So honestly, for humanities majors, like me like honestly I jumped at the networking opportunity because it's honestly kind of hard 
to like network because everyone's so focused on STEM that you don't really give humanities majors a try. And then Maggie gave me a try on some of the projects that she was working on. So honestly, for me, it's like a great networking platform. You can meet a variety of students. And honestly, like Maggie said, you can tell like what type of people decide to apply to these schools. And you can figure out whether or not you fit in the schools or not. How, how do you all think about the difference between Zimi and and other social media sites, right? So, you know, like uh, a lot of colleges, I think Facebook actually recently just shut this down, but for a long time anyways, universities would go and they'd create these Facebook groups and say, hey, come join the class of, you know, 20 whatever Facebook group, right? And they, they, they were trying to facilitate some sort of community there. Um, and I think, you know, uh, when I was when I was applying to school, that was sort of the big thing is like you were invited to certain Facebook groups if you had either uh, inquired at a particular school and were applied and were, were, you know were accepted at a particular school. I think those days are, are are long gone. But like when you guys think about when you think about Zimi as compared to like you know chatting with somebody in a group, uh, you know chat, maybe it's just even sort of like an, uh, a chat group or maybe it's even just like DMing somebody on Instagram or whatever it might be like. How do you how do you think about the differences between how you spend time on Instagram or TikTok versus how you spend time on Zimi? I can go first. Um, the content wise, it's very different. Um, I would say like Zimi is like a bridge between all the social media apps. Like you can see parts of like Instagram through Zimi. You can see parts of like Discord through Zimi as well. So honestly, Zimi is like the bridge between like gaming channels, but also like content wise. So it's like honestly perfectly appealing to high school students to college students because like that's what keeps us invested in an app as for like the facebook groups that like i know purdue university still uses facebook groups but like there's so many like facebook groups don't just go for just students like a lot of parents would join like facebook groups and it's and also like since facebook groups are like sometimes open or like Sometimes, like, I, if they're closed, but, like, if mainly if they're open, like, bots can just go in. Like, yeah, yeah. If, if you're, like, talking about, like, like a mess, when you start talking in the, like, Berkeley chat, like, there'll be so many students, and then you see a random bot just come in saying something random. It just really, like, affects your interest in the school because, like, well, the entire point of the Facebook group is for us to, like, communicate with each other, but, like, with a random person joining, like, you don't feel the you don't feel comfortable having the same conversation with while that person is in the room. In addition, like Facebook groups like lead to messenger groups. So like messenger groups aren't all in all big. So there can be only so many people in a chat while Zimi like provides the opportunity to have like like thousands of people in a chat and still have the chat consistent. Facebook groups can't do that. Um, additionally, I think that like Zimi in general, it's like a great access for students since like it's appealing for digital media wise it's for appealing for currently like where are digital networking apps based mm. in like the 21st century i think it really bridges like all the apps and like it's like improving itself by being like slightly more different but also using a little bit of each of the current apps to build something better for college students what would you add to that maggie Oh man, um, I agree with everything Kevin said. Um, to add on to that, I'd say it's a lot less, um, you know, Instagram, you see these perfectly cultivated feeds, you know, it's like everybody, um, 
you know, everybody wants to be an influencer. Everybody wants to have those super high quality photos, all the same color backgrounds, you know, so that everything's like cultivated and perfect. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anybody on Zimi post something like that. Um, to be honest, you know, like those, those edited photos, you know, which is kind of like we can be ourselves here a little bit more. Um, and also while we're learning and connecting with people, um, like never have I really like, like reached out to somebody on like Instagram or TikTok or anyone, anything and been like, hey, let's be friends. But on Zimi, I do that a lot because I'm like, hey, your profile seems like really cool. Like reading through your little like question answer things or your roommate profile or whatever. I'm just like, hey, you know, so you sound like we'd be good friends rather than, oh, look at how pretty her photos are, you know? <laughs> I really like what Maggie said because it shows the genuinity of um, people on like Vimeo apps because on Instagram, like Maggie said, like you can see edited photos. It's like not their real, real style. But if you see on Zimi, like no one really takes out of their time to edit their own photos to look good on this, like a like a talking site. Um, and it just like, you can see like what type of people, what type of what qualities a person has based on a picture or based on what they write on their like of uh, their description or like the questions they answer. And it just shows like how like nice of a person is or how like compatible you are to that person. And then you can like become friends with them and you can like message them. It's just like a really easy, like safe process to meet people. Super interesting. Yeah. It seems it seems to me that like based off of what you both are, are getting at here that you know, th this is sort of a space where people feel a little bit more comfortable just like being who they are and saying like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm interested in. Um, you know, let's connect in, in, in a sense, whereas maybe on some other social channels, it is a little bit easier. Like you're supposed to present like your, your best self, right? Like that's kind of how these how these apps are designed. Um, whereas it sounds like based off of what you all are saying that Zim is a little bit more about like, hey, he, here's who here's who I really am, right? Like this is you know this is what I uh, this is what I look like when I wake up at six in the morning, and you know this is uh, this is kind of how I actually walk through my day, uh, not for Instagram, but but for me, which is which is really really interesting, and I feel like you know from everything that um, I've heard of and and read about Gen Z, it seems it seems to sort of align with Gen Z core values. Another thing that I, I really think about a lot when I think about like social media platforms, you know, you always hear about like the Facebook, like the, the lawsuits and everything about privacy. Um, and, you know, with Instagram being taken over by Facebook and then, you know, like your parents are always worrying, you know, oh, what about my child, you know, <laughs> um, and stuff like that. But I don't think I've ever like in all my time on Xenia, I don't think I've ever heard somebody worry, you know, like, oh, what are they using our data for? Hmm. You know, yeah. um, it just kind of like, you know a, a wholesome platform that you don't really worry about that much <laughs> i think it's also like really comfortable for people to like take a step away from social media since like now it's like really toxic like we always think the worst of like a photo like we see like kim kardashian we were like how come my body's not like that um obviously now it's more like body positive but there's still people out there like that and like while here people just like encourage each other there's no like negative comments about themselves or other people they're like oh my god you're so pretty or like i love like this piece of art or something um it's just a really really supportive community and like sometimes you need that in your life mm. especially since you're so on your phone all the time you're on tiktok all the time instagram you just need to take that one opportunity to step back and like relive the real world while talking to other people who are genuine people so well said well 
I've got I've got one final question for for both of you, and this is just around advice that you have for people that are higher ed marketers and admissions professionals, uh, the people that we're trying to recruit you, the people that are sending you those uh, those emails and those uh, uh, those mailers, right? What what advice do you have for them on how they might do a better job at at recruiting students students like you all? Um, and we'll we'll start with you, Kevin, and then we'll we'll close with you, Maggie. Honestly, understand students better. Like, I know that's like really hard because it's like so specific, but honestly, like try to understand the demographics of a person, try to understand where they're from, their current situation, but also understand like a person's major because like in a lot of schools, like STEM is focused. It still is really focused. And it's like not fair to those who want to do humanities because like, why would you want, like, why would you, displays these majors when you're so all your attention is focused on other places Mm. so like if you're trying to market to like a a wide variety of majors and people like really understand like the people that you want to get from like a message that you're trying to spread because sometimes like people take it the other way especially like communication majors english majors if like something you say is like slightly off we can pick up on that like we realize that like, oh, like your your mindset is just this. And like, obviously if we go to this, like this school with this type of mindset, we can't like succeed, we can't do well in it. So if you're trying to market, like make sure you market to like a wide variety of students because like just targeting a huge group of audience is not fair to other groups. And like, if you would like to like, additionally for marketing, like something that I mentioned earlier is like, don't keep sending generic mail to people because it gets to a point where it's really annoying. And it's also a really waste of paper because all we do is like, sometimes we don't even have the opportunity to read it because, well, we know like the first two were like repetitive already. So we know like the third or fourth or fifth are (laughs) probably the same thing. So it just goes through the trash. So like, it's a waste of paper. It's a waste of basically everything. And like with the digital media now today, we have, more people being attached or having having addiction to phones to laptops and for me still the best way to digital market to me is through videos because like sometimes we don't have the expenses to travel from like california to new york to visit new york schools yeah so like being able to see what college life specifically for that school is like because we don't have the opportunity to visit um but also like like something that still bothers me is like the generics of a male, especially like if you're trying to impress like some students to come to your school, make sure you like revise your like your paragraph over and over again. Because like Maggie, Maggie and I have both received mail with like the wrong name. Like that is so crucial to a student to a point where you mess it up. Like if you cannot get the student's name right, well, you're not paying close attention to the person that you're writing the mail to. And it's not fair to the person who received the mail and the person who didn't get their rightful mail. Especially yeah. especially when colleges and universities are trying so hard to personalize their marketing communication yeah, down to exactly. the individual prospective student uh, and, and tout themselves as doing that. What about, what about you, Maggie? Uh, advice for higher ed marketers and admissions professionals who are trying to recruit students like you. What are, what are some do's and, and maybe some final don'ts? Yeah, so going off kind of what Kevin said, um, please, please, for the love of all good things, know your audience. <laughs> you know, don't, um, 
you know, don't, don't act like we're 40 year olds or whatever. Um, market it to us where we're at, um, and have fun with it. You know, we, we like to have fun. We don't, I mean, we, we like to see serious things sometimes too, but we, um, we like a good mix of fun and serious. Um, so, you know, meet us where we're at, find us on Instagram, um, find us on TikTok, you know, um, reach out to us, but not with generic mail, <laughs> you know, host events, you know, like I went to scholars weekend for Florida Southern and that was a big thing. Um, maybe do a virtual events for the students that can't be there, like Kevin said. Um, so stuff like that. I just think really meeting us where we're at and understanding who we are as opposed to who you think we are is really important. Yeah, Kevin, you got one last thing to add there? I think something that Maggie said that really hit me was like, make sure that you have fun when you're trying to spread your message. Because now that like on top of everything, we'd still like to have fun. We still like to take out of our own time to enjoy like our life. But we can't do that because if you cannot like present yourselves to a rightful audience, then there's honestly no point that like your message will reach a person. And if we do fun, you can see the personality the school or the, at least the person who designed everything who put two and two together like you can see like the personality of that and you can tell whether or not like the, the writer was like enthusiastic when they wrote their own blurb to other students and if they if you can see if like if it's generic like you know immediately it's boring because like it's not appealing to you specifically and if they don't do a good job writing like a, a little bit more specific mail to like a person uh, a specific student that you're not really doing your job to market to the generation today. Wow. You guys are incredible. Uh, I just want to, I just want to thank you both for, for taking time to, to share your stories, share these insights. Um, it's gonna be a lot of people that listen to this and are, I think going to be, are going to be impressed, um, not just by, by your insights and impressed and also maybe a little bit like, Oh shit. Like now I have to go like change up my whole, uh, marketing mix, but that's a good thing. We want people to, we want people to be smarter when it comes to marketing. So thank you both so much for, for your time. Um, if folks want to, you know, reach out and learn a little bit more about, about you both, um, is there, is there a good place for them to connect with you? Do you mind if we uh, share your LinkedIn profiles and anything else that, you know, you anywhere else you might want folks to connect? please share my LinkedIn because that's also a good way for me to network. Um, yeah, honestly, that'd be great. And if, obviously, if you have any questions, like, please reach out because, like, Maggie and I both will take time to respond to them with your questions. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Um, I love LinkedIn. I'm also on Instagram quite a bit, even though <laughs> I probably shouldn't be. Um, and then, of course, find me on Zini. So. <laughs> yes, yes. Wonderful. Well, Kevin, Maggie, thank you both so much for your time. And we'll hopefully uh, stay in touch and go, go slay school. Uh, keep doing great work and best of luck to you both. Thank you.